Now, time for McNamara on Money, sponsored by McNamara Financial Services. Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and I'll be your host for the next two hours. If you're a first-time listener, you need to know what this show is about. This is a call-in talk radio show. We hope that you call us. We don't give hot investment tips or predict where the stock market is going from here. Hot tips aren't a sensible way to invest your money, and nobody knows where the financial markets are going. We do talk about a wide range of topics related to personal finances, investments, and retirement planning. This is the important stuff. Major financial events and decisions you face in your life, birth of a child, death of a loved one, marriage, remarriage, divorce, college costs, retirement, changing jobs, living within your means, managing your debt, buying a home, refinancing, receiving an inheritance, investing, insurance, annuities. Second, you should know a little about me. McNamara Financial Services is a family business. The four of us are certified financial planner practitioners. We manage money for a fee. We provide retirement planning on an hourly basis for a fee to folks who need it. And we figure that's just about everybody. We always try to do what's best for our clients and we're into long-term client relationships. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers need to check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we might make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. This is the part where we have to say that investment returns are not guaranteed and that past performance does not guarantee future results. You probably know that, but we just wanted to make sure. So, if you have a question for us, please give us a call at 781-837-4900. The only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. And good morning, Marshfield, and the rest of South Shore of Boston. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. All right, today the subject is real estate, pretty much for the next couple of hours. And uh, we have in studio mm -hmm. uh, a world-class realtor and, uh, coincidentally, my sister-in-law, Sharon <laughs> McNamara. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? This is I'm my first time doing this with you here, sort it, of remotely. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's a shade of a delay, but I think it works just fine. And do, do I sound okay in terms of where I am? Or? Yeah, you sound perfect. The only thing uh, you forgot to say, in one day you will say it, you're favorite sister-in-law. Fav <laughs> well, that, well, that goes without question, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, At least this morning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I assure you, none of the others are listening. <laughs> uh, is, is Mark with you this morning? Uh, Mark is on his way. We are, we're running a little late. I'm not used to this morning stuff. As you know, my show has switched over to Wednesday night, so uh, yeah. Mark went to get coffee. He'll be uh, here soon. <laughs> so how's that going on Wednesday nights for you, by the way? Yeah, you know what? We're really, really enjoying Wednesday night. It's a different demographic. I think that maybe we're catching people coming home from work and, and everything 
everything. So um, it's been really, really good, well received. Um, our calendar is booked for the whole year, I guess, for you know, for our co-hosts. They're really excited about it. Hey, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, so um, y- you have pretty much an open agenda, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for our listeners, we're going to do. Uh, preferably real estate for the whole show and uh, if you have any kind of a question you have a, a realtor and you have a certified financial planner on the line here and uh, mm-hmm. if you'd like to give us a call that's one of the things we love to hear so our phone number here 781-837-4900 and again if you got any questions related to uh, real estate well this is your special day or something like that mm-hmm. okay so Sharon so where do you want to start yeah, well, one thing, too, I just want to mention, too, is Alyssa is actually going to be on my show Wednesday night, too. So um, that's good for all the listeners who are used to hearing her on Saturday morning. She is going to be on our show Wednesday night, so I'm excited to have her there. Uh, one of the things I thought I'd start with, just because you're such a numbers guy, I thought we could start with just some boring statistics. Because um, just this week, actually, I was on uh, invited to be on two cable TV shows. Uh, one was with John Buckley, who you are, you know, you're, you're, you know. Uh, yep. It's our registered deed. So I did his show with him this week, um, and we were just going over some statistics, how 2016 was, uh, what our predictions are. I have my little ball here that I'm rubbing to see what our predictions are for 2017. Um, And anyways, I have some stats. It's a little weird not looking at you right now, but I should have brought a picture (laughs) of you. <laughs> it's, it's not weird for me, Sharon. I'm I know. This. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, next time I'm on, I should go where you are, and we can do the show together from there. <laughs> well, you know, you have an open invite. I haven't heard you taking me up on it yet. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about that. So, uh, um, so um, I'm just going to give the num- uh, the listeners our number again: seven eight one eight three seven four nine zero zero. Tim is in the house with me live this morning too, so um, he can uh, answer any questions you have about real estate or again investing. But with statistics. Um, Just last year was just a very, very busy year. Uh, You probably heard me talking over and over again about low inventory. Everybody sort of has that problem. I'd say right now it's even worse than it was last year. Um, We've had a little bit of a slowdown just the past couple of weeks. I don't know if you heard we've gotten some snow uh, and some cold weather around here. It sort of slows things down a little bit. But um, in 2016, and I just did all of Plymouth County. I didn't do every individual state, um, state, every individual town. But in Plymouth County, 2016 sold single family homes. I did. We sold 6,169 uh, homes, which was really good. The average sale price. You want to guess what the average sale price was? Remember the day you used to quiz me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so let's see. Average sale price. Plymouth now this is all County. Plymouth County. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, $385,000. Well, it's gone up. It's four hundred three. All right. All yeah. Right. Well, but you were close. Uh, days on market, we had about 89 days on market, about 54 days till offer. And the sale price to list price ratio, which is something that I watch very carefully, um, was 98%, which means people are listing their house appropriately now uh, versus how we used to do it 19 you know 95 92 or whatever people would say oh I'll just put it on the market for 500 and let them throw me an offer but it doesn't happen yeah. that way anymore but so that's like a that realistic people are realistic and want to sell their home at a fair price basically yeah and you yeah. know the the big uh, turning point for all of this Mike actually is technology has taken such a huge role 
in real estate, uh, in a lot of industries, yours as well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, it's very easy right now for buyers. I know you want to talk about men- the millennials, the Gen Xs and Gen oh, Ys. Just, just for a minute. That's yeah, all. yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that generation is, you know, they're all about the internet. I mean, if they never saw us face-to-face, they'd probably be fine with that. But <laughs> the internet and just the resources we have with apps and everything else, that's what's changed our industry because as a buyer, you can find that information easily. So one thing that I do is I go to this conference. It's Inman Connect. It's in New York. Um, They have it in San Francisco too. I think I'm going to do the San Francisco one this year. And I went, this is probably five years ago. Mark just came into the room too. Um, So about five years ago I went and there was an app and literally that app just came out last year in this area so that that's how advanced some of it is it's called home snap but there's yeah. a bunch of them but you can i could stand in front of your house let's say and just push a button if geolocates me and it will tell me what the value of the houses are around you you know how much the assessments are how much if any houses have recently sold how much they sold for yeah so the information is easy and the buyers are so they're just so educated right now. They just have all the information at their fingertips. So 2016 and compared to 2015, just to give you a little insight on that, there was 5,523 5, homes sold. So there was a difference about 646. So things are going a lot faster. Yep. Um, but then I thought would be interesting, Mark and I were actually sitting around this morning looking at the comps in the statistics. So 2010 was probably our low. 2004 was probably considered our high. Do you want to take a guess at what the average sale price was in 2004 at our height? No, see, let's see. That's from 403 today, right? Mm-hmm. Is the average sale price. So th- this is in Plymouth County you're Plymouth talking about, Plymouth County, right? yeah. Yeah, let me see. I'm going to guess about uh, hmm, 390. It was 403. 403. Same <laughs> okay. number. Isn't that so interesting? That, that's pretty wild, actually, yeah. Yeah, I thought so, too. And I, I guess I just made myself sort of a little statistic geek there. But, yeah, I was really surprised that at our height in 2004 in Plymouth County, yeah. we sold 5,745 homes. So we sold more homes in 2016 than we did in 2004. Same exact average price. I, I, I was stunned by that. Uh, actually, well, that that might play into one of the things I'll talk about later on. Is if you if you buy your home as an investment and expect it to appreciate to bail you out, you you might have a little surprise once in a while. So oh, yeah. we can come back to that. Yeah. Yep. And then in 2010, which was our low, um, it was 3,695 homes that we sold, and the average sale price then was 332 thousand dollars. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So at our low in 2010, that's when I opened Boston Connect Real Estate by the way so there was no place to go but up right good time to do it yeah yep. <laughs> it was literally no place to go but up so um that's now we have the three offices and 48 agents so things have been good this is good yes um all right so that was with statistics um just a little bit just year to date i mean we're we're still early in the year but um 2017 plymouth county um so far we've sold 489 homes versus last year at 466 um the thing that has changed, though, is the average sale price has gone up. So um, right now, the average sale price, just for this short time, is 408. Last year, it was 370 for the same time frame. Okay. So 
what we've all been talking about, and when I was on with John Buckley, again, the Register of Deeds, and um, I actually was on Bob Parkas' show there in Marshfield this week as well, the inventory is very, very low. I mean, there are, there are just no houses. We have a lot of buyers out there, <clears throat> excuse me, who are ready to buy. They're going through the pre-approval process. They're, they're ready to do it. There just isn't any inventory for them to purchase. It, it, that, that's not a good thing, right? No, yeah. <laughs> because if there's, there's no place for them to go. You know, that's yeah. why people keep on saying, well, why do you think people aren't putting their house on the market? I said, well, they just don't really have any place to go. Um, my guess is, too, with, let's talk about maybe the boomers, uh, that demographic. I think, you know, I call it right-sizing. I don't think it's a downer that you're leaving your four-bedroom to call it, you know, a four-bedroom yeah. colonial. You know, I'm downsizing. Yeah. You're, you're right-sizing. But, you know, they're selling these homes that they've been in for 30 years. They're going around doing the touch-up paint and doing all these other things. But then they're soon realizing, okay, I'm going to sell this big four-bedroom colonial for, what, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000. But in order for me to get into some of these newer condo developments or 55-plus developments or buy a condo here and buy a condo down in Florida... It just doesn't, I don't think it really makes financial sense for them to really do it by the time, you know, the process of moving, the costs associated with it. But, you know, these condos are now four, five hundred thousand dollars, six hundred thousand dollars because you have yeah. granite and stainless. So it just doesn't make yeah. sense. Have you yeah, seen we, that? We see that in our, yeah, we see that in our practice uh, actually fairly regularly. Again, and t take as long as you like. If you take the whole two hours of the show, that's fine. But I have some planning kind of uh, stories and illustrations about money and buying and selling and, and, and one of them is exactly that uh, you know you, your definition of right sizing the, the old downsizing mm -hmm. uh, n nobody one of the reasons I think a lot of people are not moving is people don't want to move to a less nice house mm -hmm. okay but but the math doesn't work out for a whole lot of folks just that's just kind of how it is but we can, can cycle back to that but i'm absolutely yeah. seeing that with the folks i work with yeah and we can actually stay on track with that if you want to too i sure. mean it, you know um i'm absolutely seeing that i think my demographic of that boomer who and i work a lot i work a lot with this generation and um you know it makes sense, you know, it breaks my heart, Mike, when I go over and I'm looking at, you know, 65, 70, 75 year old people out there shoveling snow or they're just, they're just a prisoner to these big yards and, you know, in the summer it's taking care of the lawn. I had one client last year, I think it was last year, maybe, yeah, beginning of the year or the year before there, you know, big, big, big house. He actually had, you know, the in-law, like the whole thing. I mean, it was just a massive, big, big house. He wanted to sell it. He just couldn't do it anymore. It was between the winters and the, he had a pool, just everything, just too much work. So he, we sold his house. He bought a house down at the Armory down in Plymouth, which is a great location, you know, right across the street. He can go to concerts. He can walk to the waterfront. They have different like, you know, kayaking and canoeing clubs. And that's what we're seeing is everybody wants that lifestyle. And I feel they deserve it, you know, after working so hard. Um, but ultimately, I'm actually have that house on the market. I'm doing an open house there tomorrow. His um, condo at the Armory. Um, he just wants it warm now. He just doesn't yeah. even want to deal. He loves that he doesn't have to take care of anything, but he just wants to be warm all the time. So he's in Mexico for a month right now. <laughs> Sharon, when you say that uh, there's no inventory, does that 
does that go across the whole spectrum from starter homes to family homes to retirement homes or whatever the spectrum is? Every single every single level of any type of home that you're looking for, we just there just isn't any inventory. And and if we put a house on the market, what's ended up happening is we're getting multiple offers. So that's why we're seeing the sale the average sale price tick up. Okay. is because people are buying with emotion. So everybody wants to have the house that comes on the market. So an example is I put a small, you know, probably first-time home buyer home in Abington on the market about three weeks ago. We had 17 couples come through the open house, and we ended up with three offers on it immediately. Wow, um, wow. Yes, and over-asking. So that's the other thing. Everything is sort of going over asking, but in compared to 2004, when the market was doing, the, it was the same exact thing. This is exactly what was happening in yeah. 2004. Yep. The difference this year is what we have now is the regulations with the loan process. So the appraisers, you know, they don't, you know, the appraiser isn't related to, you know, the loan officer. So yep. we don't have that. Fa- so it's, it's hard for people to understand, especially sellers. They're like, well, if somebody is willing to give me $50,000 over asking, why wouldn't I take it? Because everybody's putting in the contingency clause, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that the house has to appraise at or above sale price. Right, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I, in, two th- you know, in the last downturn, it was the big financial mess, whatever you want to call it, you know, 2007, eight that kind of slowed everybody down. I, mm-hmm. I don't think people are over that uh, from a financial point of view, I, regardless of the demographic. So I, I mm-hmm. think the, I guess I'm not surprised that there's not a lot of movement in any of those uh, you know, homes on the, on the real estate scale. I think everybody's still a little gun shy. I think everybody's still concerned about finances, and, and even with markets at all time highs and all of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. N- nobody is really feeling terrific or brave to kind of, kind of yeah. move up to the next home. So I, I don't know how long, I, I see that in, in my practice with it when it comes to money and lifestyles, never mind just home. So I, I guess I'm not surprised about that, but it, it sure makes for a yucky real estate market, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh. it, it, there's nowhere to go. I mean, if our, you know, the boomers in the fourth, you know, the four bedroom colonials decide to stay put, well, that means that the person that's, you know, the first time home buyer in the small three bedroom cape or ranch they have nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah. And I went to this class. I, I hope that you're around next year when we have it. I already told Alyssa that I'm, I'm forcing her to go with me. I hope um, I'm around tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. Especially because Mark's in the room now and I'm going to tell him we're going to Florida soon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this um, economics class that I took in Boston, it was one of the chief ec- economists for MAR, which is Massachusetts Association of Realtors. It was such a good class. But it really did give a little bit of the history and why we're in the position we are right now with not a lot of inventory is because the people that got really the hardest hit probably was the builders and they just couldn't build anymore when we hit that low. Um, you know, the land was very high. They, they bought it high in 2004, 2005, 2006. They bought all that land, but it takes so long to get into development. Yeah, yeah. You know the processes, the engineering, the roads, everything takes so long. So they, re- the builders, really got hit really hard during that time. So the inventory sort of stopped being built. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So now you know the builders are sort of scrambling, looking for the land at a reasonable price. I have, you know, one builder I do work with. Um, he's a builder out of Easton, and we have thirty-four lot subdivision coming up in Pembroke, and then another nine lot subdivision in Pembroke. So that will be good that at least those will be colonials. So 
even if the boomers don't move, then we'll have brand new construction. So I, I sense that it will go quickly. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder, you know, what, what's going to spark people to feel more comfortable and to think about moving up and, and, or, or moving out and, and moving over. I, I, I kind of, it's, it's been like this for a while, right, in the real estate market? Yeah. yeah. Um, no. You know, like we were talking about it last year even. You know, we need, you know, the inventory was, was low then. Uh, we were running into the same problem where people were buying with emotion. And, and that's a hard thing to control, Mike, when I'm out with buyer clients. I mean, you know, especially my first-time home buyers, I'm I'm trying to slow the process down a little bit for them and tell them. Well, see, it's a little different too because the generation of first-time home buyers now watches way too much HGTV. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and and I'll be honest, they expect to have what their parents have. I assume yeah. that you know Casey and Mackenzie, you know, are going to probably think that you know, especially with mom being a real estate agent, that they just walk into a house that you know they don't know what that first level is and in, in putting a little elbow grease into it i, I could personally verify that <laughs> from, from my experience as a parent yes indeed yes absolutely on a side note by the way casey has gotten accepted to every law school she has applied to we just have, right. she hasn't heard from one so that's a little side just note. what we need another lawyer in the world All right. i know <laughs> i know i know it she got accepted to bc law school so she was right, happy cool. about that uh, she probably won't go there, but <clears throat> um, so yeah. So just talking about you know the inventory just being low. We had the same problem last year. We have the same problem this year. I know our office. We've been doing a lot of uh, CMAs, comparative market analysis for people. Um, you know, I, I think the other hard thing too is is um, pride of ownership because people hear the market is so hot, it's so fast. It you know, yeah. But that does not mean that the value has creeped up. It's not going to creep up as fast as we saw it happening in 2003, 2004, 2005. Okay. The appraisers are going to keep that steady, steady growth. Looks like we might have a caller too, Mike. So I'm just waiting for Tim Alrighty. to put that up on our fancy dun, screen dun, here. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we do. We have right. John from Marshfield. Good morning, John. Hi, good morning. Just wondering, um, I've heard there's some new condos going in um, near Roach Brothers. Have you? Do you know anything about those? New condos near Roach Brothers. I don't know exactly. I know that, I um, thought I heard in Marshfield recently there was a, something had come up about more development uh, back in that area, but I don't know off the top of my head, but I can certainly do some research for you to find out. Okay. Um, hey, John, what was behind your question, if you don't mind me asking? Um, because I understand that they're not 55 and up condos, which there's very few in this area. So, so you're kind of thinking about something like that, which is why you asked the question then? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sharon, <clears throat> are there any other 55s in the area besides Marshfield? Or? Yeah, so, you know, John's probably in that demographic I have a very hard time with because my, you know, my people, they want to right size. Uh, we, last year, I had a client um, and we sold their house, their big colonial, and they ended up in Marshfield. When those come up, they, they go fast. Um, and really fast. So the 55 plus developments, we haven't seen as many, you know, sort of going up that are just the demographic of 55. There are pros and cons to the 55 as well, John. So what are your thoughts on being in just a, a solely 55 plus? No, I'm not. I, uh, that's why I say, oh. uh, you know, I wanted to be in one that is not a 55 and up. And that's what I heard was being built um, near uh uh, Roach Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. You know, maybe a caller could confirm that after your call, John. Okay. But we're not aware. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. and I can look into that. And there's one in Hanover that's not a 55. That's Sconset. Okay. Um, so down in Hanover, I don't know if you've yeah, seen that one. Yeah, I know those. I'm just not thrilled with those. But yeah. um, I'm so, more looking for new construction. So, so by the way, what does that mean, Sharon? Not 55, but 55s can live there? I mean, how, yeah. how does that... What, what's the, the, the theory behind that kind of a development? So in um, when people are doing uh, these projects, of course, every town has, you know, zoning uh, bylaws that they have to abide by. So, like, every house has to be on an acre or things like that or whatever they're doing for the condo development. Um, but they'll put specifications around that. So this is going to be um, a, a development built for people who are 55 or older. Everyone has a different um, the condo docs and regulations you have to really look at. Like I was, I had 44 unit, and this was actually in 2001 um, that I got, 2002 it went on the market, was a 55 plus. It was also a 40B uh, development as well. And you, only one person who lives there has to be 55. Every development is different though. You may get into some where both people who are living there have to be 55. Then they also have requirements or regulations on how long you can have visitors. Like, can you have an adult son living with you? Can you have your grandchildren staying I with see. you? Okay. Okay. So they put a lot of you know guidelines on that. And John just hung up. I'm hoping he's still listening. Um, for me, I think when you purchase into a 55, and it sounds like John doesn't want to do that, and I will find out about the Roach Brothers thing when we go to a break, um, I prefer not to have a 55 plus because when you go to sell it, now your demographic is that much smaller. So, you know, but the thing is right now, there's a part of me that feels like we do need more of them because the ones that we do have that are resale, as soon as one comes on the market, those are going so fast. I mean, people are putting, I had a client that put an offer in on a, she was down, they were down in Florida. This, where they bought wasn't a 55 plus, but literally i went in and video videoed for her and we put an offer in they put an offer in sight unseen yeah it, it seems like it's a trend that's developing it'd be kind of interesting to see how where it ends up i guess huh? mm-hmm. okay uh mm-hmm. listen i think we're close to a break here um yes we are close to a break but if john is still listening i want john to know that um in pembroke i'm going to be doing an open there's an open house there today and tomorrow i do have a development uh kevin sealand who did Pudding Brook, um, Pudding Hill in um, in Marshfield as well. Really, really good builder, really great reputation. Sealand um, Corp, Kevin Sealand. Um, those condos, we have three, only three left, and those are not 55 plus, and they have that vibe of being very much like the South End with the high ceilings and really cool. So the open house, John, if you're still listening, is on uh, Washington Street, 595 Washington Street today. Uh, from 12 to 2, so you can go down there. I know Michelle's going to be down there doing an open house, and those are on for 4:39. All righty, Tim, let's do a break, and we'll figure it out later. Hey, Papa, it's time for a break. Can I have my ice cream now? Hi, this is Mike McNamara with McNamara Financial Services in Marshfield. On average, financial advisors charge 1% per year to manage your money. On the one hand, that's a bunch of money. On the other hand, what are the chances that you make a mistake that costs you a lot more than that 1%? Or is it possible that an advisor is worth 1% per year? We'd like to talk with you about that. 781-834-2010 or McNamaraFinancial.com. Hi, this is Bill Connolly from Mortgage Financial. When I ask renters if they're going to be a lifetime renter, they say no. When I ask them when they're planning on buying, they say between five months and five years. The good news is it's okay to wait. But whether you're planning on buying in five months or five years, you need a plan. 
I call it a path to buy plan. To get started on your customized path to buy plan, give me a call, Bill Connolly, at 781-871-1970. That's 781-871-1970 for your free and customized path to buy plan. Bill Connolly is an NMLS licensed mortgage originator in Massachusetts. His NMLS number is 48858. Mortgage Financial is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS company number is MC2644. All loans are subject to credit approval. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial Services in Marshfield. People talk with me when faced with major financial events in life, such as changing jobs, receiving an inheritance, saving for college, marriage, divorce, or the death of a loved one. So, which one are you facing? There are four certified financial planner practitioners in our firm, and we just happen to be related. Let our family help your family. 781-834-2010 or McNamaraFinancial.com. We're back, and you are listening to McNamara on Money here on WATD. Michael, stop at Alyssa and Kirk's after the show and pick up the girls. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to change that a little bit, I guess, Sharon, for four <laughs> yeah. months a year, right? Or something like that. Exactly. I'm sure she would love that if you would come pick up the girls and bring them to your house. <laughs> Just right hop now. on the jet, Mike. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But By the way, i got a couple of announcements to make. But it, Hey, can you allow Mark to talk on the radio? Hey, Mark, are you there? Hey, listen, check your text message. I just sent you one, okay? And Sharon, have you checked yeah. your texts lately? No, let me see. Just take a quick This tech, is a free tech. scheduled date to come to Florida. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I just thought I'd send you guys a little information. You know, right. if you have any well, how do you feel about, like, the second week in March? Well, we, we are open um, uh, for, for March here. So okay. uh, we, we, we can talk about that. You got an open invite. So, All okay. right, that sounds great. All right, so listen, let me make a couple of announcements. Folks, my name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore very own financial talk radio show. I'm talking with my uh, sister-in-law and brother from Boston Connect, Sharon McNamara and Mark. And uh, let's see, announcements. Yes, number one, just wanted to give a shout out to the Marshfield Food Pantry. They need our help. In these difficult times, many families rely on this community resource for help. Please help them with a donation of food or money. Send your tax-deductible donation to the Marshfield Food Pantry, Post Office Box 1907 in Marshfield, Massachusetts, 02050. Or you can drop off donations at the Congregational Church Parish Hall in downtown Marshfield. And please visit them at marshfieldfoodpantry.org. Okay, now, next week, okay, Saturday show next week, the 25th, uh, Mike McDonough, certified public accountant with Nielsen and McDonough and Company, will be Kirk and Alyssa's guest on the show. Mike McDonough will be going over the preparation and understanding of the basic tax return on the air. Now, that's a great topic for a radio show, understanding your tax return, because most people, myself included, are afraid to look at their tax return and don't want to deal with it. So, mm-hmm. so uh, folks, next week's show could be pretty interesting. So, you know, if, if you want to kind of get some insights about what's on that tax return, uh, or if you've got a big tax question like buying or selling a home or getting an inheritance, or, hey, if you're cruising around looking for a, a CPA, it might be a good time to sit in and uh, listen in a radio show and uh, see what you think. So anyway, that's Saturday, February the 25th. Okay, now, two weeks from today, got a big deal going on here, Saturday, March the 4th. Okay, um, in, in my business, uh, we meet folks and we do a couple things at our, our, at our outfit. Uh, we, we develop 
comprehensive financial plan so people can get through life and retire, and we manage money. Uh, and when it comes to managing money, I like to sit down uh, with the folks that we're going to work with and spend an hour or two kind of giving uh, an investment education. Uh, and so on the show two weeks from now, uh, I'm going to go through my little investment 101 song and dance on the air, but I need a couple of volunteers to kind of sit there on the air uh, and, and look at a screen. And by the way, Kirk Reed, my son-in-law, will be there. And I, I literally want to go through that investment one-on-one with some real-life people on the air because I think it'll mean a lot more uh, than just me kind of doing a monologue on the situation. So I'm putting the word out for uh, preferably a couple, but single people are just fine, or maybe even two or three. Uh, I'm looking for volunteers to sit on the show. There's no preparation. There's no secret stuff. You don't have to share any personal information, however, other than your name. Uh, and if you're curious about, uh, well, at least what my version of the investment world looks like, I think you'll find it very interesting. And hey, I put this presentation together. I think it's a pretty good one. So anyway, so here's the Here's the, uh, the, the reward here. Uh, I'm, uh, if somebody would be kind enough to join me on the show, I'm going to give away a $75 gift certificate to your favorite restaurant, whatever that is. Uh, and, and on the show, I'm pretty sure it'll take the whole two hours, but I think you'll find it interesting and educational and helpful. And as a second incentive, if you'd like uh, us to take a look at your, your, you know, where's your money and what's it doing, that's another word of saying for a portfolio analysis, we'd be happy to do a courtesy one of those in exchange for your attendance. So if you'd like to kind of sit uh, by and, and uh, look at a, an investment education session and participate, uh, I'd love some company on the radio. It's much more fun when they have people. So, okay, uh, we have open lines. If you want to call now and make a reservation, you can leave your name and number with Tim. It's 781-837-4900. And again, sit down with me for a couple of hours. We go over some basic investment stuff. Hopefully you'll learn some stuff. You have a nice meal someplace, and if you'd like, you'd have a professional take a look at your life and tell you if you're heading in the right direction. That sound okay, Sharon, for a promotion or what? what do yeah, you think? no, that sounds great. And yeah. don't forget to tell everybody, too, that Alyssa is going to be on our show Wednesday night as well. So we want well, to give they, Alyssa that plug, too. Th there you go. Don't let me forget that. Indeed. Okay, <laughs> so again, we're looking for volunteers for a couple of weeks. It's just kind of a sit back while I do a two-hour song and dance about everything I've learned in, in investments in the last 35 years. I could probably do it in 10 minutes, but... <laughs> I stretch it out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Okay, so those are the official announcements. Mm -hmm. um, hey, Sharon, I, uh, I, I was thinking, I, I did a bunch of reading this week because I had some time, and, uh, you know, the supply-demand thing pr pretty much d drives mm -hmm. real estate prices, obviously, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, uh, I read a couple of articles. I kind of like it to look at, even though numbers is my life, I kind of like to look at big pictures to try to understand some things. And, and I, I never really thought about this before, but I, I stumbled across an article this week when I was getting ready for the show here. So, so think about this. So the, the U.S. government encourages people to buy homes, Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and they do that with mortgage interest deductions. Okay. Uh, and they do that with, you know, incentives for some folks like veterans or first-time home buyers. So, so you, you have the government on the one hand encouraging folks to buy homes. A and as I've said before, not everybody should own a home. There's a mm -hmm. percentage of America that shouldn't. But anyway, so I, I think that's a good idea that they encourage people to buy homes. Uh, uh, th this is a sidebar. This is not the main point. But 
when we had the great economic mess and get into trouble with all those mortgages, you know, m my take is, okay, we can blame the government and mortgage companies for 50% of that, but we can blame people who aren't, who are just not being very smart about maybe going into a house that they couldn't afford to begin with. So I, I'm just splitting the blame for that mess, but, but that was partially due to the government encouraging people to do that. Now, here, here's the point. So we have the U.S. government, okay, encouraging folks to buy some homes, and I'm okay with that to a point. But when you look at individual towns, Sharon, mm -hmm. uh, uh, they're discouraging people from buying homes, okay? Okay. Be because of zoning yeah. restrictions and regulations. You, you, you mm -hmm. want to think about that for a minute? Okay. I, I, I think there's, you know, opposing forces, okay? You know, uh, you know when you have, th think about uh, some of the places where real estate is exceptionally high all of those places, okay, they're either very uh, happening cities mm -hmm. with stuff going on, or by the way, there's some relatively exclusive towns that, that if you look at their zoning restrictions and regulations and taxes, they kind of discourage certain people from buying homes. So I just, I, I never really thought about that, but you've got these like opposing forces. And if you ask me, I think that the cities and towns are winning. I mean, no, n nobody, you know, they're not in my backyard. We don't want this type of home or that type mm -hmm. of home or whatever. Have you ever thought about that? I, I, I just never, it never connected, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and I think, you know, I am a former member of the Zoning Board of Appeals in the town of Pembroke. So yep. I recently just, you know, I, I had to get off of that just for, for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. I'm the owner of a company and, you know, yeah. we have a lot of, you know, projects coming in, in front of us. It didn't make sense for me to be sitting on that making decisions. But I think that, you know, um, the, the regulations and the guidelines that are put in place to sort of preserve the, 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 the yeah, to give the balance of right. um, putting you know keeping open space and keeping these towns that home that small town feel i think yeah. that that's i think that that's why a lot of people are leaving the big cities to come out here so i feel like it's a way for the towns to sort of control that yeah but the result is it's more difficult mm -hmm. and more expensive to buy a home i, I didn't say it was good or bad i'm yeah. just saying wow when you think about that I, I just never made the connection yeah i know that there was um there was um and maybe john this is the one that john was thinking about um, maybe he heard but if he was only thinking Marshfield I actually if John is still listening I'm sorry Mike to interrupt but um yeah sure um I did text one of my uh, developers who um lives in Marshfield is from Marshfield I, I did ask him if he knew anything about uh, something going on behind Roach Brothers um he said he has not heard of anything um I also put another uh text message out to uh the building inspector uh for one of our local towns that has his finger on the pulse and another um person that I know that is in a building department it, so I'm waiting for answers. But there was one that just came before the selectmen in the town of Pembroke, which is off of Water Street. So if you were going down Route 139 past, um, you know, Coles and Stop and Shop, on the left-hand side, everybody knows Water Street that sort of cuts through. It's hilly, and it gets you over to 53. But on the right side is, like, Water Street Extension. And it was um, a developer that's trying to put, I believe it's, like, 68 units townhouse units in there and there is a big opposition but people do not want that there's everything on facebook people because of you know being so close to the north river yeah so those concerns of you know wildlife and just preserving that um but the state has requirements for every town to meet a certain lower income 
housing development. It's 10% yep. for every town. You know about 40 Bs. I mean, yep. that, would, that could be a show in itself, Mike, that we could do maybe next time I'm on. And there's so much difficulty with them because it's the not-in-my-backyard thing a, in terms of locals, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. people think that... Um, is Tim going to say something here? Sorry. Just got a call about the condos. Yes. They're saying that they're listed on Trulia and MLS. Oh, okay. Well, I'll look those up right now. But okay. It, so they're already on the market. They're not an, another new development. Okay. Okay. So I misunderstood that. Um, yeah, so it definitely is not in my backyard. And no. I think that... Um, Unfortunately, when people are saying 40B developments and we say affordable housing, I grew up in Dorchester, you know that. I think that people are getting the the opinion. Dorchester, Dorchester, yeah. Dorchester. Okay. In Dorchester. (laughs) Uh, Well, we now have our office in Dorchester, so I'm (laughs) so happy about that, right across the street from the Airy Pub. So um, if it's good enough for our presidents to hang out in the Airy Pub, it's perfect for Boston Connect to have an office there. But... um, the thing is, you know, I think that people have this perception when they think a lower income that they're thinking, you know, the old colony projects or something like that. Not that those are bad. Believe me, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that at all. I think that that's the perception that people have. But yeah. my new development that I'm going to be having in Pembroke is um, 30, I think it's 36 units or 34 units and 25% of those are going to be affordable. By affordable, we mean they're not going to be 600,000. They're probably going to be 500,000 so, or 525. I don't have all the numbers yet uh, for what they're doing. But it's affordable for the demographic that lives in the town of Pembroke. You know, So when you have an yeah. affordable in Hingham or Cohasset or Duxbury, it, again, those numbers are going to be higher as well. Yeah, but it's it's still an example of trying to legislate a market, mm-hmm. and and that's re- just really so. I I just think it's pretty amazing, uh, you know. And and so one of the the reasons real estate prices are uh, you know probably high is that you've got a whole lot of whole lot of issues to deal with on a, a zoning and a town taxes and stuff like. I mean, when, you know, when we moved to Florida a bunch of years ago, we didn't want anybody else to move into the state. You know, that's mm-hmm. it. We're done. You know, no more houses. But you know, okay, so there's just conflicting things going on. I just kind of find it interesting when you sit back and try to look at the big picture, you know? Yeah. And every town, I mean, we're supposed to have that 10%. I mean, the development that we're doing in Pembroke is going to bring us to like 9.8 or something like that. Yep, yep. So now this other development that wants to go in town, it's definitely not in my backyard. um, And I can understand... you know, there's been a little controversy on how the developer bought a house that's going to actually give the entrance. It wasn't in his name. He put it underneath a sort of a, um, like an alias type thing, an incognito type situation. Yeah. So there's a lot of controversy around that. But I think Pembroke is one of the local towns that is as close as we are to 10. I would say that the other surrounding towns are nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just... You know, just another example of trying to legislate some things that maybe natural markets, uh, they're just kind of opposed, that's all. Mm-hmm. I, I think we might have a caller, Sharon. Take a peek up there. See yeah. anything coming up? Um, oh, can you see here, Mike? No, I can hear Tim in the background. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's Jean, and she is on the road. Good morning, Jean. Uh, good morning. How can we help you today? Well, you were talking earlier about a project up behind Roach, which is uh, a 40B. If it's the same one Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about, it's called Madonna something. There are people that make these kinds of, um, and have several in the States, they're looking at, uh, my memory is 270 rental apartments 
they are going to be affordable, although the rent's higher than usual, but it has to do with a medium income kind of thing that the state sets. So that's something uh, that they're trying to build behind Roach Brothers other than these other condos. There are condos that are back there, Proprietors Drive, right now, that are on yes, the market. Yes, there are. Yeah. And I understand somebody is maybe looking for more, but I don't know about that one. I think that's still just a rumor. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're seeing a lot more of that as well. As, um, you know, developers are making apartment complexes as well, so they're trying to um, keep their um, real estate versus selling their real estate. And, and just renting out the units. So we are seeing more of that as well. I see a lot of that in the city. Yeah, uh, I think, my, well, it's my opinion, but not necessarily true, that Marshfield was not particularly apartment-friendly, mm-hmm. uh, but we're seeing more, I think, because of lack of uh, land availability. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a big... Uh, a big uh, unit if it gets accepted. They're just starting to go before the zoning board now. Okay. And I think it was, um, I've forgotten how much the acreage is, but it was a lot. And from the plans I saw, they're going to take down every bloomin' tree they can. And how many units again, Jean, did you say that that was going to be? How many apartments? I think it was uh, last count, 270. Wow. 270. And that's a what... Big they wanted to do up behind Roach Brothers. That's where you were saying that one was? Yeah. Okay. But I did hear about some potential, but I don't think that's in the works yet, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to get on their uh, website right now, because so, a lot of times the zoning board will put different you know, things on there, so maybe I can find that on the zoning board, uh, some past minutes or something on that one. What yeah, are your I'm thoughts sure on that, Jean? I heard about is not going to be 55 and over. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. So, so, Jean, do you live in Marshfield, by the way? Yeah. you have any take on the housing situation in Marshfield, good, bad, and different? Oh, I think it's uh, difficult now because of the floodplain, um, so the avail- and lack of land because we're marsh. Okay. I think it's difficult to buy a house now, uh, mm-hmm. to get a house you want and stay out of the flood zone. Mm-hmm. And I know that some changes were uh, being done on that. I know the Marshfield Mariner just last week, um, this past week, had an article in there. And Mike, you're very familiar with, you know, the flood and FEMA and all of that. And I know that uh, Jim Cantwell was, you know, part of that whole process. And he does such a great job for Marshfield um, and Situate for all that. And I think that, um, I think the the next town meeting, um, the residents have to take a vote on accepting some of these maps. Um did you hear that, Mike? Uh, yeah. Uh, they, they, well, they already took one vote. They, they had to accept Yeah, them. we accepted yeah. the last set of maps. We had to until, uh, because if you don't, then you couldn't um, take them to court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much no choice, basically, right? It was absolutely no choice, no. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank well, you, federal government. <laughs> again, we have our own issues. Well, yeah, you know, you, it's really tough to kind of legislate some things that relate to life and lifestyle, but they keep trying to do that. And I, you know, I, 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 it's okay to be different. It's okay to have differences. Not everybody has to be equal across housing or income or whatever, but I guess the government has a problem with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, they were broke. They needed money. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> Point taken. Hey, Gene, listen, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate that. Okay? You're very welcome. Have Thanks, a good day. Thanks, Gene. Have a great day. 
Yeah, and Mike, that's one of the things I was talking about on um, Bob Parkas's show um, yeah. as well was, you know, about FEMA and everything. And um, I think that, you know, the houses that are directly on the waterfront, I think that that's a demographic that can really, they can afford to buy these beautiful homes right there on the water that they're not as concerned about, you know, the in- insurance because they can afford that as well. I-, I feel really bad for the people who are sort of inland that end up in these quirky places that you would never think need flood insurance. I mean... There are places I was showing a house in Braintree um, not too long ago, a few months ago, and there was flood insurance. I, all I could hear was Route 3 in the background. I was like, what? Where are they talking about this? Yeah. And it was like a little brook. Um, and even in Pembroke, off of High Street, there are areas there that have flood insurance because of the Herring Brook. It's just, it is sort of crazy and limits people. Yeah, I, I wonder. Uh, I, I think. Uh you know, waterfront property, on, you know, on the ocean, uh, direct, um, f- for sure, there's a percentage of people who can afford to own something like that and put it up on the stilts and, and buy mm-hmm. the insurance. But, but uh, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be a whole lot of vacancies or empty lots for some people who maybe can't quite afford it and have difficulty selling. So I, I, I think mm-hmm. we're going to see some, in you know, over the next God knows how many years. And by the way, my, Miami might be a place where it starts because they're underwater now, okay, and a lot of tide. But I, I, I kind of wonder how that's going to go. I think it's a long-term festering problem, but, in, you know, it's so far away people aren't worried about it too much, you know? Mm-hmm. And I am actually right now. I'm on uh, the zoning board of appeals in Marshfield, um, so I can. I'm going to um, scan through those real quick because they do a really nice job of getting all of their agendas up in uh, some past minutes. So when we go to our next break um, at nine o'clock, which is a little longer, I'll do a little research on that too. Okay. Um, but Proprietors Hill, if the condos that are behind Roach Brothers right now um, is called Proprietors Hill, um, uh, Proprietors Drive, and those units are on the market for four ninety nine, six rooms, two bedrooms. Um, it doesn't seem to be that they are 55 plus. There's 10 units in the complex. So I'm not sure if this is the one that John was talking about. I, I was thinking that maybe he was thinking something bigger, but um, okay. if he wants more information on that, he can certainly give me a call back here or off air at 781-294-4848. Um, anything else you want to touch upon, Mike? Oh, uh, yeah, I, we can go with your, if you've got some more agenda items, I'll just play along. No, I, get, I can weave some things in here as we go along. What else did you want to talk about? Yeah, um, I'm just, I was just trying to get my head back on where we were originally before Gene. Oh, we were talking about the markets and demographics, and, no, and nobody's moving is basically yeah. what's going on, which is their supply and demand. And, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to change. Uh, you know, I, and I wonder if prices, you know, I guess if it's kind of a stalemate, which mm-hmm. is kind of where it is, right? There's yeah. very little movement. If it's kind of a stalemate, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much higher prices are going to go because people can't afford it beyond a certain point. You know what I mean? I, it, it, I don't know how it all, how it all breaks. You know, the, the other thing, and we could come to this a little bit later on, is that millennials haven't been doing much, mm-hmm. and they're a huge, they're bigger than the baby boomers in terms of populations. And, you know, if and when the millennials get in gear and want to start buying homes seriously, that's going to pose some even more difficulties if there's a supply-demand mm-hmm. on this market, you know? Yeah, and I think that there was an initially, maybe a few years ago, maybe more of a concern that the millennials didn't want to purchase a home Um, you know and we were thinking oh what are we going to do with all that inventory when people are trying to move up Um, but I think the opposite is probably true because um, you know the millennials are having a very difficult time now Uh, just the student loan debt that they have is 
absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, coming out of college, I mean, you know, we, Casey and McKenzie, you know, Fairfield and St. Michael's College. I mean, I see these kids coming out with these humongous loans. You get married, young couples getting married. I mean, they're getting married a little bit later, so they're having kids a little bit later. You know, all of those things are happening a little later, but I don't know, two people get married, they have one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 worth of debt each, possibly. I don't know how they can possibly buy a house. Well, they, they weren't too smart to get that far, if you ask me. Pardon mm. me for not having a lot of sympathy for people who don't understand that. But anyway, I've, I've got some millennial statistics. Maybe this is a good time to talk about them. You yeah, ready? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So as uh, this is from uh, Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I want to point out not a real estate firm. So I think, you know, I, I, Goldman Sachs is a very well-respected bank, and uh, they've got some interesting statistics. So anyway, uh, as millennials enter their peak home buying years, their reluctance to enter the housing market could change. Uh, the sheer size plus its desire to settle down in the future could lead to a surge in home sales <laughs> or home prices if there's mm. no homes available. But anyway, so peak home buying years... 25 to 45. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. All right. So here's a statistic. It's called Snug in the Nest. Okay. A growing number of millennials are choosing to live at home with their parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's see. In 1990, uh, about 27% of what we would now call the millennial age group lived at the home. Mm -hmm. In 2000, it's about 29%. And in 2010, okay, it's about 33%. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so there's a whole bunch of millennials, relatively more than historically, sitting, you know, in in parents' homes, you know, snug in the nest to be used that, okay? Yeah. The other thing, how old were you when you got married? I was 24 when I got married, but Mark was 29. I was 22, as was Pamela. Okay, mm-hmm. so in... We have two, the same anniversary, you know that, right? Yeah, I understand. In, in, <laughs> in the 1970s, the average age to get married was 23. Take a guess in 2010, Sharon. I would guess the average age is 27. 30. 30, yeah. Go figure. That's one more millennial statistic. And then let's see, last but not least, okay, uh, the percentage of young married people living on their own has dropped by more than 50% since the 1960s. Say that one more time for me. uh, Okay. Mar- by the way, the slide from Goldman Sachs is marriage can wait. Okay, mm-hmm. the percentage of young people married and living on their own, mm-hmm. okay, has dropped by more than 50% since the 1960s. So mm-hmm. in 1968, 56% of young marrieds, okay, uh, were on their own. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, uh, let's see, 1981, it dropped to 43%. In 2007, it dropped to 27%. You'd think that was the worst. And 2012, it's 23%. 
So 56% of married couples in 1968 were out on their own, either, you know, it doesn't say whether they rented or owned, but they're living on their own. It's gone from 56% to 23%. That's a pretty scary number Mm -hmm. and probably explains one of the reasons why people aren't getting married, you know. All those, I I guess, you know, the the reason I just wanted to at least mention the millennials as a percentage of the population, it's a huge chunk it's bigger than the baby boomers in terms of numbers okay um you know you know when they have kids uh when they get married uh when when they you know i mean when they said i'm pretty sure they're going to settle down and Mm -hmm. end up buying homes but they certainly have been delaying it and delaying it and delaying it and i guess the one of the points I, i wanted to make or ask is if it's a housing market that's tough now What's it going to look like when the millennials get in gear? Or are, or are they going to get in gear because it's so tough? You know, I mean, that's interesting to think about that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at some statistics, too, and it looks like we might have another caller. But um, in, let me see, 30 years old seems to be the millennial. Like, that's the information that Lawrence Young, who is our, uh, our chief economist, um, yeah. is saying for 30-year-olds. And yet we're seeing um, a- another bigger um, demographic of what I'm actually witnessing too is past the millennials are okay we are now married we have our first child we have another one on the way you know mom and dad both have to work because they're paying off loans and they're you know trying to buy a house we're seeing a lot of multi-generational living so we're seeing a lot of um, I'm always so surprised every time I do anything new construction I get phone calls for can I build you know, an in-law apartment or an in-law part, you know, house. Um, the towns are really strict on those requirements as well and because they don't want them being used as rentals. But, yep, yep. And, and you know, I mean, when you and Pamela are a home, I mean, you're helping all the kids, you know, with their kids. It's yep. this generation of, um, you know, in between sort of. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see where this is all going to go. Listen, we, we probably should take a break, but if we've got a call, let's take the call. Did we have a caller? Nope, 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 they didn't end up um, asking a question. So, Tim, you want to take that break? The South Shore's breaking news weather and traffic station. 95.9 WATD-FM Marshfield and 95.9 WATD.com. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial. My three-year-old asked me if she could have a mermaid with purple sparkly hair. I said, sure, when you save up $18 and you can start by helping me put away the laundry. She was initially frustrated but was excited to have a clear path to her goal and a few shiny quarters. The parallels I can draw between her and a pre-retiree working towards a retirement goal are uncanny. Give me a call so that I can help you outline your path to financial success. 781-834-2010. You own a business, or you're running a nonprofit or a municipality, and you just might be somewhat overwhelmed with all the changes in state health care law, federal mandates, rules governing retirement, employee benefits. For instance, do your employees understand the value and costs of their current benefits? Oh, and by the way, what about tomorrow's changes in state and federal policy? Keeping up is a full-time job. You have better things to do. Gallagher Benefits of Boston and Quincy are benefits experts. To be somewhat formal, Gallagher Benefits offers strategic consulting that assists employers in providing wellness and health promotion programs and offers advisory services to provide insight, understanding, and answers. Let Gallagher handle the headaches. Visit the web at ajg.com. Leave the aspirin on the shelf. 
AJG.com. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial Services in Marshfield. On average, financial advisors charge 1% per year to manage investments. On the one hand, that can be a bunch of money. On the other hand, what are the chances that you make a mistake that costs you a lot more than 1%? We'd love to talk with you. We believe in fee transparency because we think we're worth it. 781-834-2010 or McNamaraFinancial.com. Hi, this is Bill Connolly from Mortgage Financial. Research shows that there are seven and a half reasons why first-time homebuyers are uncertain and not in the home buying market. Interest rates on home prices are still low. So why are first-time buyers still on the sidelines? I have the answers and we'll share them with you. Simply give me a call today at 781-871-1970. That's 781-871-1970. I can give you all the details on the right way to get on your path to buy, whether your goal is to own a home in five weeks, five months, or five years from now. And what's even better? It's free. Bill Connolly is an NMLS licensed mortgage originator in Massachusetts. His NMLS number is 48858. Mortgage Financial is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS company number is MC2644. All loans are subject to credit approval. We're back. You are listening to McNamara on Money here on WATD. Michael, you might want to stop at the bank and get some cash. Your wallet is a little low. Oh, yes, dear. This is 95.9 FM, W.A.T. The lady hasn't been to a bank in 20 years, Sharon. She doesn't know where it is. She doesn't know how the machine works, you know? That's One good. of those things. <laughs> this is 95.9 FM, W.A.T.D. in Marshfield. The name's Mike McNamara, and it's McNamara on Money. We're talking with Sharon McNamara and silently her husband, Mark, my mm-hmm. brother, on the radio about real estate in general. Uh, two, again, a couple of quick announcements. Um, next Saturday's show, Alyssa and Kurt. We'll be talking with uh, CPA Mike McDonough uh, about uh, understanding your tax return. Tis a mystery for most Americans. I think you'll enjoy the show. And, by the way, the show is kind of a lead-in. We're going to have a tax workshop at McNamara Financial about a week or so after that uh, February 25th show. So if you listen to that show uh, and and have some more questions or some interest in uh, talking to a CPA about tax stuff, uh, the workshop is going to be Thursday, March the 2nd. Okay, it's going to be at the offices of McNamara Financial Services. We have room for 10 people. It's kind of a small group gathering. Okay, the cost, okay, by the way, so uh, CPA uh, Mike McDonough and Kirk uh, will be going over your tax return and responding to tax questions. The cost is a whopping $10 per person uh, with 200% of the proceeds being donated to the Marshfield Food Pantry. So that's announcement number one. And then announcement number two, I'm looking for company on the radio in a couple of weeks. Uh, I have a little investment presentation uh, that I go over with all prospective money management clients. Takes about an hour and a half, plus or minus. It's everything I've learned about money in the last 35 years. Uh, Actually, I could probably do it in 10 minutes, but I stretch it out with pictures and stuff. Uh, But anyway, uh, if you'd like to kind of get caught up or have uh, an idea of how the investment world works, at least my take on it. I'd love to have some company on the radio, and uh, as an incentive for doing so, uh, I'll offer a $75 gift certificate to a restaurant of your choice. Uh, And also, and this is voluntary, uh, if after the show you'd like us to take a look uh, in a complimentary basis at your, where's your money and what's it doing, or It's called a portfolio analysis. We'd be happy to do that as an incentive. So you can call the show here, 
781-837-4900 and just give your name and number to Tim and we'll give you a call on uh, Monday to you know get the details but I'd, I'd love some company and I probably have room for two or three people if that works so once again uh, the if you want to do it now quick Space is limited, 781-837-4900. Uh, and uh, if you don't want to do it until Monday, you can call Mary Beth at my office at 781-834-2010. All righty. Sharon, what yes. else you got on your agenda here? What's, uh, what's burning in your brain about getting out there to the masses there? Yeah, well, we have a, I have some, um, some other statistics, too, but we also have Tom from Kingston on the line. All right. The Tom from the Kingston, Tom. I'm sure. <laughs> Good morning. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Tom. Do you miss me? Captain Mike, <laughs> <laughs> down in Florida. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Sharon. Yes, I do miss you. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes. Is Mark there? Mark is here. Tom, good morning. I can't hear you. Your mic doesn't work. Good morning, Tom. Uh, Hello, Mark. Are you there? Yeah, Mark. His mic wasn't on. Yeah. I don't it's know. funny Can when you said Dorchester. Dorchester, yeah. When my yeah. wife and I went to Arizona, we were out there for so many years. We had to go to the Ace Hardware a few times, and the person in charge <laughs> of Ace Hardware, uh, you know, I don't say the R's, Hardware, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> his yeah. name was Mark, because they don't pronounce the R's. So I said, hi, is Mark in? They said, who's Mark? <laughs> I have no idea who Mark is. <laughs> uh, I am married to one of those, so I want to tell you, Tom, this is a true story. When I started dating him, it yep. was the most difficult thing of my life because my mother's like, what's his name? I'm like, Mark McNamara. She's like, what? I'm like, Mark McNamara? Something. <laughs> so, yeah, it was Mark, Mark's, uh, Mike was off. That's why you couldn't hear him. Okay. So uh, he is here this Go morning ahead. with Good us. morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you? Good and yourself. Good, thank you. So I got a question. I have uh, a couple that we're friends with, their daughter's interested in getting a condo. Mm -hmm. But it's one of these weird situations that raises a big flag in my eyes. They're not married. Mm. And uh, they're about in their late 20s. Mm -hmm. so, so this is the daughter we're talking about that's not married, correct? The, yeah. the uh, boyfriend. The boyfriend. boyfriend. Girlfriend. Yeah, okay. So the young couple not married looking for a condo. Trying to buy a condo. They want you, to think, buy you think that's unusual, Tom, or what? That seems like a trend. <laughs> and it's like, I, I just shake my head and it's like, I just see disaster at the end after, you know, three years, four years, or when things get old, or things don't work out. You know, the paper plate society, as I call them, if it doesn't work, just throw it away. Use it once. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm wrong, but Sharon, do you have any experience with people that are not married getting together and buying a place and how that works out later mm -hmm. on? Yeah, um... We do. Um, you know, I've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think that that's a segment on WATD as well. But, um, mm. you know, yeah, we do see it. And I think that, you know, everybody thinks that they're so in love at that moment that it makes a lot of sense for them. And I just, what I would tell the parents is not to invest in that, <laughs> that, that little proposal. Because some of the uglies that I've seen is that, you know, mom or dad on one side or the other is sort of helping financially with down payment as a gift or whatever. Sure. And then if it ends up in a breakup, up, it gets extremely, extremely difficult um, when they do have the breakup. Because, you know, some people say there's good breakups, but I've never seen one. Um, they generally get a little sticky. Um, but, you know, then the, on the other side, I do have couples that you know, have been together a long time and they're opting to buy a home together first rather than, you know, a $7,000, $8,000 ring. 
Um, but a lot of times, what I tell them, and Bill Conley will also tell them, don't buy the ring in the process of getting the house. Good point. <laughs> um, because it could mess things up terribly. Uh, but I've had um, a couple clients that the ring ends up in the box when they're unpacking the house. So... Um, I would say soon thereafter, the majority of my couples I have seen that it, it's gone well. Now, Tom, from from a financial planning point of view, uh, I share your concerns, um, and we see our uh, share of good, bad, and the ugly. But my advice is rent, don't buy. Mm-hmm. See how that works, okay? Uh, if if they're planning to buy. Uh, first of all, I think they ought to have a clear understanding of why they want to buy, because let's face it, if they do get married and have a kid, they might have to change residences. I mean, so it might be premature, okay, but, but more importantly, and, and I'm not an attorney, but if they are going to buy one, they ought to have a legal agreement in place, mm-hmm. okay, about how it's going to work if it does fall apart, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you're going to do that, it would be really nice if both parties were 50-50 in terms of the costs involved in those things. Lots of times, they're not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I would say, if you're going to buy, okay, that's a big deal for young people who have their life ahead of them in terms of marriage, kids, maybe job changes, stuff sure. like that. Okay, but if they just absolutely insist, then I would say, please, oh, please, get one of those unromantic legal agreements mm-hmm. that clearly spells out what happens if and when it hits the fan. That's sure. all. Good point. And, and it's not only young, um, the younger generation as well, because I do see, um, you know, because the climate of divorce right now is so prevalent, too, that we do see older couples you know that are that are purchasing you know a home together as well and i i give the i would give the same advice with that as well by the um, way uh you, you don't have to do that as much because they already know a, a number of the older folks who do that we know they bring up the legal agreement on their own yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> so but yeah. i recently <laughs> had that experience <laughs> yeah well i recently actually have come across a sort of an acquaintance that i know and um sad story i mean she yeah. built this big beautiful home uh through the process it was just one of those things they were older they just never thought that they would get married never thought that they would ever break up and it was this beautiful and really not very good record keeping when you're building a house that's important if you're not married because you know I purchased this lawn furniture I'm the one that put the fence up I'm the one that put the pool in I'm the one that did this that or the other thing right um because when the breakup happens it's you know it's hard to say 50 50 even though you've been together 25 years in this house that you just built five years ago, it's it gets sticky, very, very sticky. Yeah, that's another point. You know, they ought to keep separate finances and try mm-hmm. to contribute proportionally to a separate checkbook and separate things so that, you know, it's a little easier to, to, to spread that apart. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's so difficult these, these days when you're starting out young to make a life. I mean, I think it's more difficult than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. So it's very difficult to begin with. If you start out digging yourself a big hole mm-hmm. by messing up an early real estate transaction, could be a long time before you get out of that hole. That's mm-hmm. all. Yep. So, Mike, um, my wife came in into the room here where I had the radio on, and I says, isn't the line nice and clear because Mike's not there at the office? She goes, he's not? No, mm-hmm. he's down in Florida. Don't tell anybody. So, okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> you says, oh, is uh, Tim, whatever you said about Tim. And he, she says, how does he know down there what's going on at the office? 
Well, you know, it's funny. I'm still, I'm, you know, that's a really good question. So I'm still learning this. So, yes. so for, uh, for a mere, well, I don't want to talk about, for, for a chunk of money, I bought this bunch of electronic stuff that's, yes. that I'm looking at that's absolutely frightening from my point of view, but there are like five or six pieces and stuff. So, yeah. so uh, one of the folks at the radio station a while back helped me set it up. And I don't touch anything. I, I, you know, I've got one of those <laughs> uh, plug power cords there, the, the surge protectors. Sure. And, all, and all I do is like push the button and it goes on and I shut it off and that's it because I don't want to mess with anything. But, but the way it's set up, when Tim is in the background doing stuff in the studio, for some reason or other, I can hear him talking. So, so if yeah. we can fix that, great. If we can't fix that, yeah, I, I got the secret stuff because I kind of hear when he's talking to a caller. But hopefully we can fix that because it's mighty confusing, but whatever. You know? Hmm. So, Sharon, be careful what you say there. Yeah, I know. I only say good things about my brother-in-law, my favorite brother-in-law. And I'm going to give uh, two plugs. Remember now, being in Dorchester. Yeah. Dorchester. Across the street is yeah. the infamous Erie Pub where the President of the United States went there for a hot dog. Yes, I know. I yeah, know. I'm loving that area. When are you going to come and visit me and come get some scones down in the bakery? Oh, telling you it brings back a lot of memories my wife and i were just talking we went to that chinese place right downstairs from you mm, well it's uh, not chinese food anymore there gerard's was there and now it's called landmark oh it's all fancy in there now yeah mm-hmm wow yeah but you would like it it's all um decorated like with fire police it sort of has that vibe um sort of going on there yes and the mm -hmm. other thing is uh, to listen to the listening audience i took mike up on his offer to be on the show, mm -hmm. and I did get my $75 gift card. I'm good for my money, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> gift card did not bounce. <laughs> where'd, where'd, where'd you go, by the way? We're, we didn't go yet. We're going to go on Mia Regaza. All right. Abington. Okay. Don't, they got the best prime rib on nice. a Wednesday night. Nice. Mm -hmm. And so we're really looking forward to that. It was Mary Beth. was very helpful and very polite and very happy, and I don't know if she's happy because Mike's not there, or just <laughs> it's normal. That, that's normal for her, as okay, a matter good. of fact, which is a wonderful thing, actually. It yeah, sure is. She's great that to work with. Nice, and I thank you, Mike, for that. Hey, no problem. We're, I'm a man of my word. We're good for the money, Tom. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you guys have a great weekend. All right, thanks, thanks for the call, Tom. And All right. Tom, I hope you're trying to listen in on Wednesday nights. We we don't get your phone calls anymore. I'm not on my way home from work anymore. Um. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not too late. You can tune in. All right. We'll talk soon. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. So where were we? Um, I forget what we were talking about. We were talking about millennials. We were talking about um, what we're oh, we were talking about like multi generational living yeah, too. Yeah. I'm seeing a whole lot of that right now. Mark was yeah. actually in agreement with that. Um, one of the things that Mark was talking You may be presented with that at some point in your future, Sharon, you know? Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> I think that um, Mark we're and hoping I... hoping not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mark and I are. We I feel like we're the the sandwich generation. You know, we're taking care of our parents as best yep. we can, and we're taking yep. care of our children. You know, and I know my dad is listening. He's very happy that I'm here. You know, with you this morning. So good morning, Nanu. If you're listening, I, he was supposed to. Nanu, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I think that our generation is. I mean, we're doing a little bit of both. You know, and. For economic reasons, I think that it makes sense for the couple that are, you know, both of them are working, both, you know, they're traveling back and forth into Boston, the the cost of daycare and, you, I mean, you you know, I mean, the, with the grandkids and everything, if Alyssa and, you know, Justin and Adam had to put the kids in daycare every day, it's just, the price is just enormous. Yeah, yeah. 
to do that. And unfortunately, they're long days for the kids, too, to be in daycare. So we're seeing a lot of the multi-generational uh, living. I know the Boston Globe actually did an article called me a couple of years ago on that. And it's we're still seeing the same thing right now. You know, that's interesting. So, uh, again, and we can do this. Maybe we'll do a show on this some other time. But I've got like six or eight financial planning points that relate to real estate that I thought I'd touch on if we, you know, we had the time. Well, yeah. well, one of them happens to be about grandparents, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, I just wrote an article that's probably going to show up on the Mariner in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's called Grandparent-itis, <laughs> fun, fun and costly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, you know, we, from, from a grandparent and a real estate point of view, as you mentioned, and multi-generational, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, have, have you seen this, Sharon? Have you seen grandparents putting up a house for sale mm-hmm. to move to be near their grandkids? Mm-hmm. wherever state or locale they are. Have you seen any of that? Yes, absolutely. We see it all <laughs> the time. <laughs> and w- w- I mean, literally what we're seeing is a yeah. lot of them selling their house and both parties selling the house. So the, the couple with the kids, they're selling their small three-bedroom cape. N- uh, Mom, I was going to say Nana and Nanu, are selling, or Nana and Papa, they're selling their big colonial and they're buying one home together. We literally had a client call us. There's this house in Weymouth that we looked at. It had three kitchens in it. It was two daughters and the mother and father. They're looking for <laughs> one house. <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So think about like Alyssa and Justin. No, and you no, and no, 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 no. In that's, one house. That's a- Big home, holy moly! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's what people are doing. Well, you know, it, it for some folks it's like a necessity. You know, you've got maybe a, a, a an older uh, parent, you know, you know, spouse deceased, kind of on mm. their own with a big house or whatever. So, you just have to be careful. I, I you, I, I've seen people be thrilled about that and and not be so thrilled about that, depending who you're talking to. But that's a big decision. And another thing, yeah. So, so the the one house, you know. People have different lives. People change. That's a big decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Oh, holy moly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's see. Oh, so so the other the other grandparent thing, that, that as long as you brought up the subject, is mm-hmm. that I've seen people sell a home in Massachusetts and buy a home in Boise or wherever they, the kids moved because mm-hmm. and, and, they wanted to be down the street or in the same town or area as their grandkids. So they changed states. Yep. Okay. That's a really, really big decision. I mean, you know, you, you move out, you buy a place next to your son and daughter who just got a brand new job in wherever, mm-hmm. and then five years later, you know, your highly employable son-in-law gets another job, and this time it's in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do, sell it again, you know, and lose money for after four years in a house that didn't appreciate? I, I mean, it, that's a huge financial decision. We're seeing more and more people doing yeah. that. I just think it's a sign of the times, I guess, you know? Yeah, and you know, but I what do you what do you attribute that to? Cuz one of the things I'm thinking about is a couple. One is, you know, other than the fact of needing the help and perhaps it's not always in this situation it wouldn't be that. I mean, you know, it sounds like, you know, they would have good jobs, but I think that maybe the the generation of these parents who are doing this and they're willing to follow their children is because they worked so hard their entire life that they didn't get to enjoy their own children that they want to enjoy their grandchildren. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know the reasons. All I know is that when people become grandparents, 
they go financial gaga yeah. over <laughs> over grandkids. Uh, tr- truly, and, and and I can I mean I can certainly identify with this mm-hmm. personally and professionally. But but th- there are some uh, financial decisions uh, and and some real estate decisions that you got to be really careful about because things can change and that can you know if you mm-hmm. if you pull a plug and retire and all of a sudden want to change residences and retirement uh, and you didn't plan for that that you know that that could be a bad mistake mm-hmm. and I can kind of given the circumstances. So and talking about grandparents, my favorite bumper sticker is I was behind a car one time and said if I had known grandchildren were going to be this much fun, I would have had them first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if Mark is old enough, but I hung around uh, with my maternal grandfather. He hooked me on fish. You remember Grandpa Joe, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mark? Yeah, okay. I remember but, Grandpa Joe. But you were pretty young at the time, right, Mark? I mean, uh, well, he used to I, take us up Maine fishing. Okay, oh, yeah, good. So, yeah, okay, so you got on that Grandpa Smoke Joe bandwagon. It was awesome, wasn't it? I mean, Absolutely. it was awesome. And, and, and Nana Mac, the paternal grandmother, lived right across the street. So, so we had some of that. It ju- and again, I can't speak for anybody else. Sharon, you're Italian, so you must have had a lot of that, right? I mean, you've been close family and everybody <laughs> yeah. hugs and kisses and stuff. Oh, or what, yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Big family. <laughs> you can always show up and there's yeah. always enough food. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a, you know, much of a, a database to make a decision about when we were younger, but it just seems like everybody is going crazy once the grandkid shows up these days. So, you know, mm-hmm. there, there, there could probably be a whole doctoral dissertation on the reasons for that. But you're right. Maybe we work so hard we just want to enjoy it. I mean, it is an absolute hoot. There's no question about it. But mm-hmm. uh, there, there are some financial issues and some of them real estate rated related that you just got to be careful about that's all and know? and i think too i mean I, I think i'm actually right now thinking um of the time when i bumped into you and pamela in um in disney remember a couple of years ago yeah, i just yeah. i mean we just i happened to be there with Mackenzie. Mackenzie just finished her first year of college and i remember she came home and she like sort of lost the she's like i think i lost the magic so we went to disney for a few days and we bumped into you but honestly you know to see pamela just like sort of dancing with the girls and <laughs> and McKen- you know what i mean like like it, it's just different. I think yeah. you just can yeah. really enjoy it. Now, me when I'm with my kids, it's you know the stresses of just everyday life. You know, I'm, yeah, n- I'm, I'm not rushing them to have grandchildren by well, any, know, any means. Uh, on, well, you will, you will at some time, uh, at some point. Believe me. But anyway, the, uh, another thing, and again, this is not strictly real estate related, but uh, you know when we craft a, a financial plan for folks, retirement plan, or get them to retirement, or keep them in retirement, you know, w- w- one of the most important. Uh, pieces of the retirement plan is, well, you know, what are your expenses? You know, where do you spend your money? You know, and and you can't have a solid plan for the future unless you know exactly and precisely and accurately and completely what your expenses are. Well, okay, you would be amazed. We, we have added a new expense category on our budget worksheets called grandkid mm-hmm. expenses because you would be amazed at the amount of money that grandkids um, are, that, that are spent on grandkids by grandparents. So, so it, it's literally becoming such a factor. And again, I can personally speak with this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in a significant way. So it's just a way of life. But but the mm-hmm. the, the money involved, it's it's becoming pretty serious. So so mm-hmm. you know, hey, it's it's just. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's something you have to be careful with on the financial side. That's all. Yeah, and I don't remember spending a lot of time with my grandparents. Actually, to be quite honest, I mean, I do remember, you know, my grandmother pulling up to my father's my father had a big garden mark you remember this yep. my grandmother used to 
pull in and honk our horn and demand tomatoes and zucchini and everything. So that was a lot of fun. Um, Mike, I'm just going to go back to our caller, John, who had called. Um, so oh. I told you I've been texting. Um, yep. So one of uh, my agents at my office, uh, Tracy Grady, she does a lot of new development. She's also uh, the secretary, full-time secretary over at um, Pembroke um, but, uh, building department and she's been making some phone calls for me in the background here and it, she said it looks like it's going to be a 40B apartment complex so, uh, so that's just sort of confirming what uh, Jean had said to us that she had heard yeah, uh, so that's okay. what's going to be going on behind Roach Brothers but it, again if he was talking about the condos that are you know, sort of already there that are uh, in the work that, that's something different so your network, you were working your network, huh? Yeah, that's Yeesh. technology. See, like, yeah. see how easy I was able to find that information out. That's why the sale price of houses, I could tell you what every house is sold for around us, and that's why the sale prices are staying, staying pretty true to 98, 99% of sale price to list price by, ratio. By the way, speak, speaking of houses on a family note, hey, Kevin, have you, I mean, Mark, have you talked to Kevin recently? Uh, I have not, Mike. Well, they now own a home in Naples. They're going to close oh. uh, on the 17th of March. So, Very uh, nice. So you'll have other folks you could possibly oh, so visit we, down here. Yeah, you know what, though? We were just talking off air that we were thinking maybe we could come down there around that time so we'd be able to see them, too. So we'll make that a definite plan. All right. So like so long as you and Pamela are okay with it. But yeah, we can yeah. always get a hotel if you don't no, want. No, if you don't no, have no, the no. space. <laughs> the, the, the only thing we're waiting on is Adam and, and uh, the two kids are coming down for three or four days in March. We just don't know what date. So I'll get those firmed up and let you know. Perfect. Um, that okay. sounds great. Okay. Awesome. I haven't had my brother in my new boat, so I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to driving in shallow water so with him down sounds here. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Mark, well, I'm I'll telling sit you. on the beach. It's pretty, <laughs> that, that's a possibility. Anyway, so Sharon, uh, yeah. we're about to take a break. Um, I, I can talk about some things in the last half hour or you can keep on going so do you have any preferences i, I yeah, have no problem yeah it doesn't really matter i feel like we're sort of on a, a nice little roll here um if people want to call us after you know this break 781-837-4900 if you have any questions about um what's going on in the market right now for real estate if you're thinking about putting your house on the market i say right now is a very good time to do it uh, chances are you're going to get your price or above um, when people wait this is i tell people don't wait until the spring quote unquote when the flowers are coming up because it looks prettier we can yeah. do pictures less inventory there's a group of buyers out there that want your house now when we have more inventory yeah. they have more to choose from and you're not going to always get the price that you want so we just want sellers to call is that right I'm just kidding <laughs> no buyers or sellers because sellers right now are extremely frustrated so yeah, yeah, I can yeah. definitely give some tips for them so you know when you're in a multiple bid situation you definitely yeah. need your offer to look the best to the yeah. to the seller so yeah. I can definitely give some tips on that too maybe we can get a caller and I can chime in about whether they can afford it or not you never can tell right mm -hmm. okay alright so listen we're a little early, but what do you say we take a break and kind of figure it out when we get back? Is that okay? Sounds great. All right, Tim, let's do it. Michael, it's time for a break. By the way, how much money is in the checking account? Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, one of the hosts of WATD's Saturday morning financial talk show, McNamara on Money. Did you miss the episode last week? It's okay if you did. You can check out our podcast. Search McNamara on Money in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app and never miss an episode again. You own a business, or you're running a nonprofit or a municipality, and you just might be somewhat overwhelmed with all the changes in state health care law, federal mandates, rules governing retirement, employee benefits. For instance, do your employees understand the value and costs of their current benefits? Oh, and by the way, what about tomorrow's changes in state and federal policy? Keeping up is a full-time job. You have better things to do. 
Gallagher benefits of Boston and Quincy are benefits experts. To be somewhat formal, Gallagher Benefits offers strategic consulting that assists employers in providing wellness and health promotion programs and offers advisory services to provide insight, understanding, and answers. Let Gallagher handle the headaches. Visit the web at AJG.com. Leave the aspirin on the shelf. AJG.com. Hi, this is Mike McNamara with McNamara Financial Services in Marshfield. Folks want an advisor they can trust. The problem is that you just don't start off trusting someone. Trust is earned, and that takes time. So, how do you find that person carefully and one step at a time? I'd suggest that you take that first step and call our office for an introductory meeting. Ask lots of questions, ask for some referrals, go home and think about it. Come back if you want to talk some more. 781 or McNamaraFinancial.com. We're back, and you are listening to McNamara on Money here on WATD. Michael, no fishing for you this afternoon. Well, I'm not sure about that. Uh, this is 95.9 FM WATD in Marshfield, or Marshfield, as we semi-natives call it, Massachusetts. Uh, my name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore, very own financial talk radio. And we are loaded with McNamara's this morning yeah. here on the show here. Uh, Sharon McNamara from Boston Connect and her uh, hu- husband and little brother of mine, Mark, are <laughs> with us in the show here. And, uh, hey, we're talking about real estate. So, listen, this is a call-in talk radio show. Uh, if you have a question about real estate, this is your special day. Our telephone number, 781-837-4900. Uh, God knows there's uh, all kinds of stuff always going on in real estate, and uh, it's probably one of the biggest financial decisions you're ever going to make. So, hey, give us a call if you have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how do you want to do this, Sharon? You got some stuff to go? Or you want uh, me to go? Yeah, there's going? a couple things, actually. But uh, one, Take- two, I just want to give another plug that my show is now on Wednesday nights, Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, if you don't mind me saying that, because Alyssa uh, McNamara-Reed is going to be on with me this um, upcoming Wednesday and uh, one of the things I want to discuss with her is what her opinion is um, if you are right sizing and you sell that home that you've been in and had a lot of equity you know what are your thoughts on and I want to touch upon that with you too what do we do with that money at that point do you put it all down on a new place do you invest do you what do you do with it do you give it away as a gift Um, also back to John I keep on going back to John all he had to do is ask me one question you you want to get this guy into a home I can see that no you know what it is is I I felt bad I hate when I don't have the answer. <laughs> so um, I, it's a 40B apartment complex, as I already said. Um, it will help the town reach their 10%. But if he is looking for a condo, Tracy Grady is also uh, the person who helped me with that information. She's also um, the listing agent of a property with nine condos in Pembroke across the street from mine. And you can go to via590.com and find those condos. So there are definitely condos in the area that are not 55 plus for John. Yeah. Okay. Sure, I have a question. So you can do a 40B a- apartment complex mm-hmm. and fall within the state regulations and numbers and so forth? Yeah, so the 40Bs, um, those it's affordable housing. What is also taken into account with those is like Pembroke Housing, uh, you know, like where, you know, on Kill Commons, Mayflower, all okay. of those, those are all put into that as well. So any uh, federal, you know, government locations like housing. So it's just not sale, it's, it's, it's rentals it's, and everything else. It's also. everything. Any town-owned property, you know, um, the, know certain that. towns own houses um, and they rent out those houses for people that need it for affordability. It. Uh, so those would be considered part of that as well. Hey Mark. Yes. You have a take on the real estate world from a plumber's perspective? Um, well, we're very busy at the moment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, New stuff or improvements or what? Uh, actually, yeah, that's what I'm curious. You if know, you're seeing more improvements <coughs> rather than people leaving and selling. Right now, it's about half and half. I do a lot of, uh, with my business anyways, I mean, probably 50% renovations and uh, the other half is still new new construction for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't do get into the big uh, projects of developments and so forth. I work for a few builders that, you know, just do their own thing. Yeah, and you've done yeah. that for a long time, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so we're, we're pretty much building custom homes. Custom <coughs> homes and more high-end type yeah. stuff. I mean, you're doing some big projects right now in Hull, right? Uh, yeah, I, I work with uh, Mitchell Construction down in Hull. And, um, I mean, he's been very good to me, and, you know, he just does a lot of custom building for himself. And, uh, it's, it's and you get to ride by the family homestead every day, right? Just about every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, we were actually talking to Nana last night, so uh, she's been having some stuff going on. But um, the other thing, too, is Mark was actually, tell Michael your point, too. I know we're sort of off track about people getting married later in life. We were talking about our millennials and what you were saying about Nana oh, and yeah, Papa. It's, just, it's interesting that, you know, um, Mom and Dad will be coming up on this 70th wedding anniversary and that these kids today that are getting married late in life will never accomplish anything yeah. like that. Yeah, that's a- unless they want to yeah. live to 100 yeah. or 105 <laughs> and so forth. Well, by the way, you know, you know, on that, that's really interesting you say that. On that topic, so, so uh, I, I can clearly, clearly remember uh, before I got into sports in, in high school and stuff, you know, I was make 10, 11, 12, you know, 13, something like that. I, I can clearly remember driving up to Maine with Grandpa Joe to go calooping around the world fishing for a week and uh, it, we were in the blue Ford 1956 beach wagon and he had a <laughs> with a brown had streak a, down the side yeah yeah and he had a coffee can between his legs and he would chew tobacco and spit it out the window yeah. but, but but anyway but the, the point I'm making it, and, it, and I never forget that stuff and I'm sure you have your own stories but you know I was like 12 and he was like 55 Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, and right. so 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 the the, gener- the generation. I mean, you know, I think mum is you know had me when she was like twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but you know, I'm I'm sixty eight. My oldest grandkid is eight. So so you're right. The the space between you know grandparents and grandkids has gotten significantly wider. You know, good incentive to stay alive. But you're absolutely right about that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just just think about it. Th- things have changed so much. I mean, we have still some friends that we that that are now roughly our age, and they're still waiting on grandkids, sort mm-hmm. of thing. So so you're right. Everything is just longer and more spread out. It's, it, you're right. It'll probably never happen again. And and Mark and I are relatively. I mean, we're younger. I mean, with my friends, you know. My friends have, you know, kids in third grade, and I look at myself. Are you kidding me? Like Casey's going to law school next year, and it, yeah. it, I see that, you know, with them too. And I often think about it. But this past Thanksgiving, um, we opted. You know, we we generally have sort of, you know, you know, Wendy and everybody at the house. This year, I said, you know, both girls are home. And we did Nana and Papa, and then we did my mother and father. And it was nice because literally the eight of us could sit around the dining room table and, gosh, the stories that Papa was telling about how he met Nana. And, you know, I was just sitting there and I was just, I loved 
every single minute of that Thanksgiving because I thought, how lucky are my kids yeah, that yeah, they're sitting here yeah. with their grandparents, both sets of grandparents right yeah, now. Yeah, both, right. Yeah, by the way, on that point, on a personal note, I, I think Kevin and Julie are going to be in the Massachusetts area sometime this summer. We ought to try to put together a, a 70th anniversary a little after the mm. fact yeah, for, for yeah. and Papa. Great you know, idea. Yeah, Great we, idea. We, we should get together and tell me we want to do something in the summer, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, w- they will not like it. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll keep it low-key and only invite a thousand people or something uh, Exactly. Like no, well, we can okay. do it at the house by the pool, too. Yeah, so. we, we should we should talk about planning something like that because yeah. gosh knows, you know, instead of a gun. Anyway, okay, so uh, what else, Sharon? Well, just, I, I thought maybe you could hit upon some of like the financial considerations that you know you think about for your clients when they do sell when they're you know finally right sizing i mean yeah. are you well, how do you feel about reverse mortgages how do you feel about people taking all of their money and putting it right back into another condo or something or do you suggest that they take out a loan you know i know that you and bill conley go back and forth with this but i'd love to have some insight on that sure um by the way uh, so why don't you start with a specific question and i'll answer that I, i've got a bunch of material but if you've got eight questions we can spend the rest of this time easily talk about them so what's your first question so i guess would you suggest to people who are selling their home and let's not even talk about maybe you know just the, the boomers, but anybody. If somebody is selling their home and they have a lot of equity in it, do you suggest that they take all of that <coughs> equity and put it onto their next house, or do you suggest that they keep some of that equity, perhaps they invest it with you, and take out a bigger loan amount and just keep the loan going for thirty another thirty years at a you know low rate. Yeah, okay. Uh, Let me try to answer that, obviously, generically, because we're not talking about a specific uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess my first comment is that, you know, people don't have as much equity in their home as maybe they were planning to, unless they've had it paid off. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so so the first kind of a general background comment is, with refinancing booms and people doing 30-year mortgages every time they refinance, and with home equity lines of credit in place and stuff, there are more and more people going into retirement with debt. N- n- not necessarily a good thing, mind you, but that's just kind of the way it is. So, <clears throat> so when somebody sells a home, um, this is a plug for having a financial plan for your life in place. Mm -hmm. Because selling a home and buying a home is an absolutely major financial decision in someone's lives, okay? Uh, And and my first official answer to your question is, if you're gonna buy and sell a home, go to a financial planner, doesn't have to be anybody named McNamara or Reed, go to a financial planner, craft out a Mm -hmm. retirement plan for yourself, and then plug in but what you plan to do, well, I want to pay off the old mortgage and buy cash, or I, I need to take some equity off the table to put money in investments so I don't have enough. Whatever you're planning, you can model that in some pretty sophisticated software with some pretty intelligent financial planners around and get the exact answer for you. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so the, the first answer is, because it's such a huge decision, go make it part of a retirement plan because you might do something that messes up your retirement plan yeah. when you go buy a, and sell a house. And if you don't have one, well, you probably wouldn't know that. Okay, yeah. but, but speaking generically, okay, um, if the people, do the people who are selling the house, do they have a mortgage or not? Sharon, if you want to refine that question yeah, a little well, bit. Yeah, well, maybe in some of them they do. Yeah, I mean, okay. they still have a mortgage, but they maybe have 10 years left. 
Okay. You know, on that mortgage. Okay. And, and the people who would be doing that, are they retired or soon to be retired or, or, not, or working for a long time to come? Yeah, Again, probably I, working for a long time to come. Maybe their kids are going to be going into college soon, but they're, they're going into a bigger house or something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, I would go back to, if, you know, if they've got college ahead of them and not much savings, and if they're going into a bigger house, that's a, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a really difficult answer. Yeah. You know, you know who, who knows? Okay. Genetic. Uh, Generically speaking, okay, and now I'm getting away from the specific question because it's a tricky one, but generically speaking, I would tell people to take all of their equity from one home and put it into the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, uh, okay th- th- that's just a, a, a safe, generic answer that works for a whole lot of people uh, b- because, again, because of the refinance boom and people stretching, you know, you might mm-hmm. be 30, you might be 45 and have a 30 year mortgage. Well, you know, what does that do for retirement? People don't know. So any chance you have home equity, I think you ought to try to preserve it. That, yeah. that's, that's, that's my f- first answer. Okay. Uh, the, the, the other answer is, though, if, there are, uh, if, if people are planning or need to take some equity out of that home to put it in money because they didn't save enough to be okay, they're probably in big trouble. Yeah. Okay, given the circuit. Do you see anybody? I, you must see people that do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, you, yeah. I mean, you, with the whole thing with you were talking about the refinance, I mean, yeah. I still shake my yeah. head when I hear about people refinancing their house, and it's like phantom income is what yeah. we call it. Yeah, you know? out, to, out to oblivion, right, in terms of the mortgage, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but but see, the, 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 the problem, here, here's the problem, you know, say, you know, p- p- let's go to the average sale price. It's 403000 thousand dollars in Plymouth County, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, on average, the, the people that are buying, and again, the people that are buying that home, they, they had another mortgage from another home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, my advice would be preserve the equity, but if they're trying to right size, mm-hmm. okay, let me ask a question, Sharon. Did anybody you ever work with right size and take some money off the table that was left over from, from the sale? Um, yeah, I know. Well, that's... Let me put it this way. Is it a small percentage of people who do that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is, right? Uh Okay. Okay. What I'm finding is that when people are right-sizing, I'll use your term, it's probably better than downsizing. Okay. It's not a downer. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I understand. Okay, but when people are doing that, they just want to buy a smaller, better home that's better than the one they have. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so the price is like the same. Yeah, exactly. Okay, they they take nothing off the table. Okay, Uh, if they had to take some, and, and for people, who have to take some money off the table. Well, let's see. I got a $403,000 house. I got no mortgage. I sell it for cash. Okay. Uh, I need $100,000 in, in savings to be okay for the rest of my life. Oh, I'll just go buy a $300,000 house. Mm-hmm. How, how happy are people going to be moving from a $400,000 house to a $300,000 house for the rest of their life. Retirement was supposed to be fun and kind of the way you want it. That's a downshift yeah. to people who have to do that. Okay, yeah. so so my suggestion is the more equity you have in your home, well, somewhere down the line, you're just better off in terms of whatever kind of a decision you make about doing that, you know. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we see this, okay. Uh, if you have to take any money off the table, to make your retirement work, you're probably in trouble, mm-hmm. okay? And if you're planning on doing that, disabuse yourself of that. You know, the my house is going to appreciate, it's going to be worth a lot of money, It's my house is my retirement plan, mm. that is a deadly yes. thought 
for a whole lot of people ju mm -hmm. just because of the math. So, so yeah, pr preserve what home equity you can, okay? Uh, and, and by the way, live within your means while you're doing that, which is hard yeah. for most people to do. And too, I mean, you're talking about that, you know, the numbers there, 403, and then you're trying to buy a $300,000 yeah. house. I'm letting yeah. you know there aren't any of those uh, available. I, 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 and and, and <laughs> yeah. by the way, if they found one, they wouldn't like it. And, yeah. it was, and it's probably in Louisiana. And it needs you know? a lot of work yeah. and, yeah. you know, the upkeep of that. And that's why I feel that that demographic is not moving. I think yeah. that that's part of the problem of yeah. the shift not happening because <laughs> they can't sell what they have to get something better because it's too expensive. Everything yeah. new construction is... Is, it's just much too much money. Uh, the the uh, I, I, again, it's really difficult to describe uh, what a financial plan is. People kind of have to you know go through one to get an idea. But it's a it's a truly wonderful thing. And when we model financial plans for folks, we start off saying, "Did you want to use the equity in your home?" They say, "No, I want you know mm -hmm. you, I just want to keep that and you know either leave it for my kids or if I have to somewhere way down the line do a reverse mortgage sort yeah. of a thing." So so you know the plans that work best okay are when you don't have to tap into the equity in your home at all for your planned retirement yeah. or even if you didn't have to, it's nice to have all of that there in case you messed up or something tragic happens from a financial point of view. Okay, mm -hmm. so so nope, keep keep as much equity in your home as you want. You know, Bill Carney would say it doesn't do anything for you. Yes, it does. It's a safety net. Yeah. Okay, it's just in case sort of a thing. That's and too, I think that as people are getting older, one of the things that they should be considering too is you know not only keep the equity in the home, but that you know any money that they do have, having that nest egg is so important. And I know that you taught both Mark and I. <laughs> You know that we had to do that being you know self-employed and everything yep. and you know I, I just think that that's such an important it was probably the very best advice you give us a lot of advice that was probably the the one that saved us the most yeah um you know back in 2014 when when we had to use it you know so um i don't know i'm just glad that you know people can the plan that you put together i, I can't suggest highly enough people do that yeah. but how do you think about people taking <coughs> some of the equity out of their home and purchasing perhaps like a cottage or a second home uh <coughs> again if 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 on a personal basis if somebody has that question pretty good time to take a look at what that does to my retirement you know i i guess the the, the you know the, the the really nice thing I'm getting excited okay so you know so I'm a certified financial planner practitioner what's that mean I know a whole lot of stuff about a whole lot of areas that relate to money I'm not an expert in any of those except maybe some investment part and in the financial planning but insurance and real estate and, and taxes and all that good stuff and, and law okay we have folks we know but but when you have a financial plan in place Anytime you have a major financial decision you're thinking about, it's a wonderful thing to kind of be able to plug it in and see what it does to your retirement. So, so I think that, that the first people, the first question people ever ought to ask, okay, when they're contemplating buying a home or moving or, by the way, paying for college and things mm -hmm. like that, the first question is, what, you know, whatever I would like to do can I do it and not affect my retirement? Or, mm -hmm. you know, what's the effect on my retirement? Should be the first question anybody asks. And I don't care whether they're 30 or 60 or 80, you know, given the circumstances. Okay, the, mm -hmm. the other thing about uh, home equity, okay, you know, uh, you know, have, in 35 years in this business, I have not yet 
said to somebody, well, put a mortgage on your house. I'm going to invest that and you'll be better off. I, I have not done mm-hmm. that and have no plans on doing that, okay, yeah. So from a personal point of view. so so. But anyway, if you have equity in your home, okay, and you have lots of it, if you never use it, congratulations, you saved well and did well in a retirement plan. But if you have equity in your home and didn't plan on using it but have to, hmm, things will be a little bit better when it comes to that reverse mortgage thing. That's yeah. all. And one of the things, too, you're talking <clears throat> about grandparents and all of that, and um, a couple instances I've actually come across is, you know, older parents that need assistance in their, you know, moving in with, you know, their kids or yep. <clears throat> whatever. And, um, or like if one of the spouses passes away and now, you know, one doesn't want to live by herself or himself. And this happened to me recently, and I actually referred them over to Alyssa. And you know, she so she was set. We sold her house, and you know, the kids, adult children, you know, see that mom is coming out of this with two hundred thousand dollars, you know, in, in from proceeds. Well, I can't tell you how fast those kids were planning on dividing up that money to go to Disney to pay off yeah. the cars to yeah. pay. Yeah. And, and I pulled her aside, and she was with one of the daughters that was helping, and there were three other siblings. And I said. Please, 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 please go see an attorney and please go talk to Alyssa McNamara and make some decisions because just because you have this money doesn't mean it's going to go fast. You, yeah. you know what I mean? You still do, need. Do you know money. if they did? Do you know if they did that? Uh, they did actually go and uh, speak with Alyssa, and I just don't know what the outcome of yeah. all of that was. But they did also talk with Caitlin Robinson, um, who's you know the attorney that Alyssa and I. Actually, we do have a financially secure women thing coming up again too in March. So okay, I, I can tell you a Maybe. generic reaction to that. The, the uh, see that, that whole situation about having the money left over in the kids. So so you get into this conflict between uh, the financial needs of a parent and, by the way, being a parent and mm-hmm. wanting the best for your kids. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 by the way, and this is a, a, a generic sexist comment, pardon me, but it affects grandmothers a lot more than it affects grandfathers. Not mm-hmm. exclusively, but it's a, it's a mother thing or a grandmother thing to want to do anything yep. to take care of your kids. And, and I get that, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, fathers feel, feel the same way, but probably not to that same extent. Again, pardon me for being generic. But they will do things that is, are absolutely financially irresponsible to do that, okay? And uh, that was I, her, her comment, yeah. by the way. She's, I, I really want, yeah. you know, I really yeah. want to see them go to Disney yeah. and, yeah. you know, to send a family yeah. to Florida Disney. Okay, there have been a handful of times in my life when I've had a client of long-term standing that did something like that or was going to do something like that, mm-hmm. and I basically said, you need to go work with somebody else because I don't want to preside on a financial suicide mission yeah. until you're zero somewhere down the line. That may sound selfish, in my, I, I, but I can't do that. Okay, so so the, the, the mother or grandmother versus the welfare of the kids versus your finances, that's a really, really you know, miserable thing to put you in a position to do that, but unfortunately it happens. But literally, mm-hmm. I can think of a half a dozen cases over the years where it's absolutely tragic Mm -hmm. and and most of the time it goes the wrong way and they'll take care of the kids or grandkids and worry about the rest later Mm -hmm. sort of a thing you know it's just it's just built in i I get that i'm uh, you know it's a great thing from a parent point of view but not such a good thing financially and and let's face it i mean when people see like two hundred thousand dollars you know i I don't know oh they're rich they're rich exactly and it goes so fast but You know, on a side note, too, I mean, I know it was what just about 11 years ago that I met with you with my dad and, you know, he had sold, you know, his house and everything and he had a little, 
you know, money proceeds from that. And, uh, you know, we were doing some calculating just last year that I had to do. And the amount um, that he came to you to invest, if we had just put that in a bank account, would have been gone by now, like a long time, like probably four years ago. So I loved that, um, you know, that program that you did. And I remember sitting there and, you know, and just figuring out and calculating like, well, how how long do we think that, you know, none yeah. is going to actually yeah. live yeah. and how yeah. much, what are your yeah. expenses? And you know what? He's he's fine. He's living yeah. comfortably. Yeah. And, and by the way, and it took you personally a little time to get used to that, didn't it? Yeah. In, to, yeah. <laughs> in terms of the excitement you can have in the investment world. Right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> I know. Now I completely understand it. There you go. He still there has money. So. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So that that grandparent or parent versus kid versus finances. It's you know, there's no solution. Uh, but I, you know, it's just it's just please, folks, be careful. I mean, you know, uh, just mm-hmm. just be careful. Yeah. Um, uh, how about vacation home, Sharon? Or, I'm sorry, what's your next question? I, yeah, it, it, so that's what I was wondering, too, is, okay. you know, about, you know, I guess it's the same thing, I guess, was about vacation homes. Well, and, you know, maybe okay. a little place down the Cape. Yeah, okay, so here, here are my, I have some generic thoughts on that, so so let me run them by you, and you probably have some questions about them. So, um, I, I think people need to do a bunch of research on that, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and sure, you can use the internet, but you know when I have folks thinking about buying a vacation home in a warm place, usually Florida, I say to them, "And when are you going to do this?" You know, three, four, five years. I said, "Go take a vacation mm-hmm. in Florida. Go take one on the East Coast. Go take one on the West Coast. You know, go down. Do you, have, do you have some friends down there? Yeah, go down. You know, go near them and have them show you around. So, so take take some time besides." the internet to get a feel for things and places and and just kind of see how you go okay Mm -hmm. Uh, a a corollary to that is that an awful lot of folks that I know uh, and I know a lot of them (laughs) who buy vacation homes uh, almost all of them are are in the vicinity of existing family or friends Mm -hmm. okay there are very few of them that relocate to an area that's cold turkey in terms of people that they know sort of a thing okay Uh, by the way it's okay for guys if you're a fisherman or a golfer. It's not as okay for women who are social and tend to be more socially <laughs> active than men in terms of friends and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so just be, no, do your research, I guess would be my first comment, and yeah. real-life research, okay? Um, and Kevin is a prime example. I mean, you just said Kevin yep. and Julie yep. are going to be in Naples, yep. which is yep. not too far from you. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, whether you know, hopefully I was part of that equation, but you never could tell. Okay, uh, anyway. <laughs> for Kevin, so, certainly, I'm yeah, sure yeah. of it. <laughs> Okay, you know, so other things is like, so, you know, is this vacation home, is it possibly going to be a retirement home? Mm. Okay, because that's a different, you know, or or said differently, are you going to own two homes forever? Mm-hmm. Or you're ultimately going to sell a vacation home and, and, you know, at some point in your life and be in your primary residence. Or you're thinking about, so, so if you did own two homes and one of them was a vacation home, you kind of need to look down the road and say, you know, what, what ultimately happens with this? You know, if I've seen people buy a vacation home, okay, that wasn't going to be their retirement home. I, you know, they might, well, they might get one bigger with more bedrooms if the grandkids are down. That, that's just a higher, riskier proposition mm-hmm. because chances are if, if you're out down the line and all of a sudden you're retired and you want to go sell your vacation home, well, 
you, you probably are going to buy a more expensive one. And I'm not sure if that's a good idea. So, so I, I guess the point is, in the equation about a vacation home, you know, how much time are you going to spend there? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, is it going to be uh, forever? Do you plan? Uh, are you moving down there and selling the big one? You know, how how do you think about that? By the way, do you need to rent it out? Yeah. To cover some of the costs. By mm-hmm. the way, if you do, you're renting it out during the best the best seasons, mm-hmm. you know, so you can you know go to Florida when it's cold. I mean, yeah. or something like that. So so all these things that the the lifestyle wishes and desires kind of have to play in, and then at the risk of being boring, go see a certified financial planner and craft a scenario and see what it looks like down the road, five, ten, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you make some assumptions about what properties are going to grow at and in terms of appreciation, you know, be conservative with yeah. those, okay? You know, how, you know, how, let's see, if I'm going to be, you know, four months here and, I'm sorry, eight months in Massachusetts and four months there, which house should be bigger? Mm-hmm. Probably the Massachusetts house. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're going to spend eight months there and, and four months here, maybe you better sell the big place or buy a small. I mean, so there's, there's well, you see it on your end, but there's yeah. so many pieces that go into this given the circumstances. Uh, you know, uh, and if you are going to do a vacation home, you know, you really do need to consider the fact that you're probably going to have lots of family come visit you, and that's a wonderful thing, yeah. and maybe that should factor into your purchase in terms of the size or the number of the bedrooms or, or mm-hmm. stuff like that, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of that stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, let's see. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, so you have some questions about that, Sharon? I think that's kind of the quick list. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and the other thing is, if one of the reasons you're doing a vacation home or retirement home is a state tax or tax issues or cheaper places to live well you just got to do some more thinking about that you know i'm not yeah. sure i'm not sure if you'd let the estate tax tail wag the fact that you should move to florida because there's no estate tax i mean it might be a factor but i'm not sure if it should be the deciding one mm-hmm. uh, unless you make a whole bunch of money maybe it is you know yeah and you're having that i mean we only have two minutes left but i know you're having that tax you know the tax uh, the accountant yeah. on next week there and you that's go a very good question Perfect. for him next week too because Perfect. i know that the, you have to be in order to call something your primary residence you have to be living there for a certain amount of months per year and and, and all of those things sort of factor into it too so yep um i think that that's going to be a good good one that you have and you're also right. having the course as well at your oh, office yeah, absolutely so sharon why don't you do your sign off commercial promotion do whatever you like right now yeah Go ahead. sure so if you are thinking about buying or selling a home i am uh sharon mcnamara i'm located here on the south shore we have three offices now we have 48 agents but i'm a full-time real estate agent as well as the broker owner of boston connect real estate we're connecting boston to the south shore up route three to our pembroke office which touches everything locally here we also are up route 24 uh, that gets us into the bridgewater areas and in that whole vicinity Call us at 781-294-4848, or you can go to bostonconnect.com and find all of our information there. All right. Hey, Sharon and Mark, good to see you guys. Maybe we'll see you sometime soon. Who knows? Yeah, okay? we're going to be down there in March. So. All right. Hey, my name is Mike <laughs> McNamara. I'm signing off. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Have a great day. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye.